Hey, Rana. Hi, Meg. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. We're recording at a better time today. Yeah, not not bedtime. Not bedtime. Yeah. Like, like that Father and More episode. Yeah. God, those demons and late night, you guys. Not Definitely not a fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't like it. No. I mean, it was a good episode. Yeah. But. But. Not yeah. ideal. Um, all right. What perverted joke did my husband send you today? Me. I've conquered my fear of ghosts. Therapist. That's the spirit. Me. Oh, fuck where? <laughs> that was a good one. That was, wasn't perverted. That was actually a solid one. Uh, did you hear about the poltergeist that got arrested by the DEA? No. Yeah, he got busted for possession. <laughs> so those are good. Good clean. <laughs> That's clean fun. But better than like a normal dad joke, you know? Better than a normal dad joke. Yeah. It takes some thought. But no, I like it. Those are good. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Lunatic Soup, the podcast where we go into all things wild, weird, and unknown. We're your host, Meg. And I'm Raina, ready to brew up some Lunatic Soup. Let's go. Yes, my children went to the um, Spirit Halloween store with Mr. Boo Boo and got us a alien skeleton. He's so cute. What do we name him? Alan. Alan. Alan, Alan the alien. Alan the alien. We'll, we'll, we'll post a picture of him. He's real, real adorable. He's real cute. All right, so for ciders today, we are going the OG of our cider life. Actually, I think. Well, one of the OGs. It's usually either Incline or Fierce yeah. are our favorites. But yeah. so this is going to be Fierce County. And we are having, <gasps> this is our redemption cider. Redemption. Dun, dun, dun. From we've, we've pre-tested this because we can't go through that again. Actually, we made Mr. Boo Boo get it. And yeah. then we tasted it. Because <laughs> if we all remember the habanero cider that nearly murdered us, it was a close call. That was... It was not fun. It wasn't fun at all. It was impressive for a cider. But anyways, the um, the guy who runs uh, Fierce, when we bought this, we were talking to him about it, and about the other habanero one. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, I've tried that one. He's that like, one? Ugh. I mean, but it's so hot, you can't even taste it. No, yeah, it was... I mean, yeah, it was rough. Anyways, but so today is a uh, Fierce County Cider called Patio Heater, and it is pineapple habanero. Ooh. And it is... Do, 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 do. I don't know if they say the seven percent. Seven percent. You know, I've been researching a lot on on how to make cider. That's mm-hmm. going to be my my project this yeah. winter. Yeah. And how you figure out how, what the ABV is is kind of fun. You got like this little tool that looks like a thermometer, and you put it in, and it like bounces. Oh, and... I feel like I've seen that just because Mr. Boo used to work in a winery, so I used yeah. to visit him all the time. Yeah, I've seen I'm that. actually really excited. Well, I'm excited too because I want to have some of our delicious lunatic soup cider. I've been following a lot of people on TikTok. Who make it? Yeah. Well, well we make... said we're going to do it for this season. Are we not? Well, well I, I think it's to. too late because it it's like a six-week at least So? What, what, where are we going? I don't know. Are we dying? We can't do it? Maybe. Oh, okay, let's, I was joking. <laughs> I don't, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, let's get going. But, like, I follow this one gal on TikTok. She's amazing. She makes mead. And it's, it's a lot of... I don't really like mead either. I, I don't like mead. But you sweeten it with honey. This one you sweeten with... 
cider, like apple cider yeah. or whatever, you know, flavors you want to go in from my understanding. So it's a lot of the same process and yeah. she has a shop of everything you need. I'm really excited. All right, and well, one gallon made like, what was it? Eight wine bottles worth or something? Jeez Louise. Yeah. Okay. Something that was like a that. lot. Yeah. Dang. So. All right. Well, let's crack this. One, two, ten. That is a really good, that is like. You know how with sweet chili sauce, like you have that bite, but you can still taste everything. Well done, this Pierce is, County. And you don't even like pineapple. Mm -mm. This is. I don't I, like pineapple, and I don't like super super spicy. So but this is good. The spice in this is so minor, like it's there. You taste it, but it's it's almost like you taste the flavor of the habanero, not yes. the spice. It's, it's like the they were able, of it. yeah, they were able to get the, whatever the, like almost like the sweetness out of the habanero or like, like the something. You can something. taste it on the back of your tongue. Yeah, a little after, bit, yeah. But it's, but it's not like I'm going to fall out of my seat and breathe and, fire. Yeah, which is what happened last time. It was awful. It was horrible. <laughs> All right. So today is a wild, weird, and unknown. Yep. Our topics are exorcism slash possession. And poltergeist. We're keeping it spooky, guys. Keeping it spooky. It's spooky season. Yeah, so Spe we had to. Speaking of spooky season, real quick, you guys have to check out our TikTok and Instagram. We oh. posted, and the thing is, we get our best pictures and videos when it's last minute. Yeah, when we just like randomly decide to do something and like throw it together. Because mm -hmm. we, what did we even plan on doing? I don't know if we really planned on anything. We were, oh, we were going to take pumpkin head pictures. But we didn't have it. No, we weren't because I left the pumpkin heads at home and had like, to go get what? them. You came over for something. I, oh, no, I just came over for a drink. Oh, yeah, because you brought the new ciders. Cider. Yeah, and then That's we were it. like, let's do a picture. And then it escalated. So I brought. Escalated like, quickly. There are smoke bombs that are specifically for like photography and like films and stuff that I had bought a ton of for photos I did of my girls as Hocus Pocus characters, like the Sanderson sisters a few years ago. And so Meg and I busted those out. And oh my gosh. we put on these like black formal dresses and put witches hats on and walked down the street. And it was like probably our favorite thing we've ever done. Real cool when a parent from the school walks by. That was awesome. Yes, that was. <laughs> Luckily, he's a friend too. I was going to say, of all the still... people, I would rather be him than anybody like, else. But yeah, I mean, there's people driving by and we're out oh, there yeah. in our witch outfits. One guy, just... one guy rolled down the window and said, hey, I yeah. like your outfit. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and then we also put on our pumpkin heads and we actually had a really good time. So we got some fun content from it. But it was like our favorite little bit of things that we've done so far. Our witchy video is so cool. It looks like we are emerging from the fiery pits of hell. Right. And then our little imp behind us. Yes, Mr. Boo Boo, <laughs> who had to put a damn fucking rubber band around his neck. Like... <laughs> to keep the this this ghosty sheet on no he just Gosh. did it because i don't know why that wasn't he was just i he came out with it on i was like why are, why'd you do that i don't know it was it was epic epic perfect. and my children were professional photographers and videographers for that you know amazing. gotta gotta abuse the children for those things <laughs> <laughs> whoops hey guys so the first story that meg ended up reading ended up being extremely disturbing uh, really hard for us to read and get through a lot of graphic content, words, all kinds of horrible things. We made the executive decision to cut it from the episode, but you will hear us refer back to that story that she told because it messed with us so badly. So I just wanted to give you a heads up when you hear that. That's what we're talking about. Um, but we decided to cut it for very good reasons, I promise. Uh, so anyways, back to the show. We're going to go with a fun one. You ready for a fun one? I'm ready for a I'm gonna fun do, one. I'm going to do the hide and go seek one because I feel like that's a... We're gonna go I'm going to do an Am I the Asshole one next because okay. I just... Perfect. I think it's great. Um, so, 
my topic is poltergeist. So, <laughs> oh god, that was good for spooky season, yeah. though. But <laughs> I don't know if we're keeping it though. I don't know. Okay. So, um, so my topic is poltergeist. So I am doing, so for those of you who do not know what a poltergeist is, is a ghost or other supernatural being supposedly responsible for physical disturbances, such as loud noises and objects being thrown around. Okay. Okay. So I think we've all seen the videos on line on the TikTok the movie. on movies. Yeah. The movie. Oh, the ones by the kitchen where like the, the uh -huh. drawers come out. Banging. I've seen some crazy stuff. It's hard to, hard to believe it. It's not real. Like, there are certain times. Yeah, I yeah. know, I know. So, this one is more on the side of, instead of it's, like, stuff getting thrown, more of the physical disturbance side physical of it. Physical disturbance. Okay. So, this is from someone named uh, Pimberly on Reddit, and they posted this four months ago. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So, my siblings and I used to play hide-and-go-seek in the dark pretty often. It was especially fun on a new moon night. The room would get so dark, you could see, you couldn't see the hand in front of your face. So those of you who do not know, a new moon means there's basically like no moon in there's the sky. No, yeah, there's no light. Um, no stars. I remember some specific events that happened on a full moon though. There were four of us, three scatter in the bedroom in various spots, and one is a seeker. You stand as still, still as you can, and the seeker would try to use stuff like echolocation or whatever to hunt you down. Snap in the air, listen to how it sounds different. You were allowed to move from your spot if you could really be light on your toes. And that was a fun to perk your ears up. Anyway, for the first event, I remember thinking it was so funny that we all hid in the same spot under a bed. Shoulders touching and I'm in the middle of what I thought was my sister's. My brother stumbles around the room, getting farther away and we were trying not to giggle. Then I hear him push aside the closet door and my youngest sister squeal. And I remember whipping my head over to meet my sister's face, just barely making out a confused look in the moon's light and looking over to see what I thought was my youngest sister on my side. I just see and feel that someone is there. I made a soft, uh-oh, noise. And my brother comes bounding over with a, ha-ha, gotcha, and flashes the light on us. It was just my sister and I, though. The figure was gone. We both were so bewildered, and we were confident that all three of us were under there. Another instance is the same game but this time it happened when my brother was hiding and this is his retelling. I'm a seeker and I remember finding him in a white, uh, with a whitewash over his face and with something else. I'm standing in the other corner of the room, snapping closer to my sister. And he takes advantage of this and does a tiptoe past me to get to a different spot. Gets into the crack of the closet and has to shove his way a little bit past who he thought was my youngest sister. He said he was holding his breath and was annoyed that she wasn't and she was going to give them away. He was about to shush her very softly when he hears squeals of me finding the other two sisters. <laughs> he said he was frozen in place, listening to the breathing. I turn on my flashlight to announce that he's the winner. No answer. And open the closet door to see him buried in the corner with saucers for eyes. We always got the sense that the kid was playing with us. But when you're young and dealing with that kind of stuff, it really freaks you out in the moment. We both remember vividly touching someone that wasn't really actually there. With just enough moonlight in the room for a faint outline or a figure to know if it wasn't just clothes or stuffies. One thing that really freaks me out is the practicing the clap or snap thing with sound. Siblings scatter, I'm the seeker. Couple steps and a snap in the air. A couple more and a snap snap. Continue on until it starts to sound off and you know you're getting close to something. I don't know the science behind it, but most of the time it worked pretty good. Snap, snap, high pitch, snap, snap, low pitch, 
step closer, snap, snap, lower pitch, snap, snap, no echo, and breath in my face. Squint to see the faint outline of hair. I remember going, ha ha. And as I'm reaching through nothing where I thought would be a sibling, I hear a whiny groan and a sharp shh from another corner. I turn the flashlight on and no one is in front of me. Youngest sister and brother were behind me under the bed, squirming, squirmishing over the space with my other sister on the actual bed above them. Loads of other instances in the house growing up, but these are the ones that my siblings also experienced and they are some of my favorites. I like that one. He, I I don't. I've heard that before in like old timey stories where you're playing games and And it's it's like a 10th person, but there's only nine people. Yep. Or, um, I mean, it reminds me, and I said this earlier of, uh, the Conjuring. The, con- the clap. The clap, where she is like, if you haven't seen the movie, she's like on a stairwell and she's lighting matches, trying to get light, and then the match burns out, so she lights another one. And she's like trying to see what's going down the stairwell to the basement, mm-hmm. and she lights the last one, and then all of a sudden, hands appear right behind her and goes, <laughs> and then it goes pitch black. It is like, Ooh. fuck that shit. I'm done. Um, anyways, and there's a few comments on this, but one of them says... Um, In my culture, we were told to never play hide-and-seek after dark because sometimes you get an unexpected extra player like this. Wild, because we actually used to play a game at night dark as kids called Sardines. Have you ever heard of that game? No. So basically, Sardines is like you um, have one person that goes to hide and lights are out all over the house. Mm -hmm. And your goal is to find that one person and fit in that hiding spot. And the last person to find everybody in the same hiding spot loses. Oh. So you have to like pack yourself in really tight. It's actually a super fun game. We used to play it all the time. But it just reminds me of that because like, I mean, it was terrifying. Like you, it was scary to play because you're in pitch black in a house. You play it at night. All the lights are off. We used to play it all like all different places at my grandma's house. That's fun. Yeah, but I'm sure there was some weird shit. I just don't remember. <laughs> oh. I like that one though. Yeah, I like that one. one. I yep. mean, it seemed innocent enough. It didn't seem like the, the no. It's not anything horrible. Anything. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, the having someone breathing next to you—that's scary. Mm-hmm. I wish I found one more like that. Than the yeah, one same. I because I think I'm traumatized from your I first think one. I'm traumatized by that too. But let's just you know, <laughs> so be let's keep grateful going. in the fact that it was not a true story. It was it does not appear to be no. Because if that were yeah, we would have seen. Uh, we yeah, yeah yeah we googed yeah we gave it a goog. Okay. Uh, this is a shorter, happier one? Uh, yeah, it's shorter. I don't know if it's happier. We'll see. This is an Am I the Asshole? Um, posted a year ago by propane underscore accessories. Okay. Am I the asshole for telling my girlfriend that her, quote, demon-possessed uncle is probably just schizophrenic? We'll see. Most likely not. During the middle of the night, my girlfriend's uncle posted a farewell message on Facebook. It wasn't very long, but it was alarming. She quickly went over to his house with her family to go check on him. At first, he wouldn't answer the door, but then somehow they managed to get inside and found him sitting in a chair in the living room, alive and conscious, but heavily drugged out, or so it appeared. They tried getting him to the hospital, but he refused. To this point, they started getting... He started getting angry. My girlfriend's mother didn't like how aggressive he was getting, and they decided to leave. A few days after the incident, my girlfriend started explaining to me that her family told her not to see her uncle anymore. They said besides him being very depressed, he might also be possessed by an evil spirit. My girlfriend's family is very religious, so my girlfriend believes them to an extent. I'm not trying to knock them or their beliefs, but sometimes I think they are a little blinded by their faith. 
When my girlfriend described to me what happened, she told me that she could sense a, quote, dark aura around her uncle and that he looked at her and her family very strangely and that he would go from looking very glum and then suddenly smirking and basically didn't seem like he was all there. She admitted to herself that it could have been that he was drunk or on drugs, but she also felt really uncomfortable in his presence and she had never seen him behave like that before. Today, she told me her family invited her uncle to dinner and that he was still acting strange. When her grandparents went to say grace, he looked very angry and was still mumbling to himself, which made her grandparents very uncomfortable praying around him. Her mother told her something similar the night of the incident about how she felt like she couldn't pray for him when she got home. Hmm. Anyway, all this has my girlfriend convinced that her uncle is being possessed by an evil spirit. But I think the real elephant in the room is that her uncle is having a severe mental breakdown and possibly developing schizophrenia or some other form of mental illness. When I tried to tell her this, she told me I wasn't listening. I was only trying to challenge her, but that I didn't understand how she felt and I was brushing her off and wasn't being supportive. I told her that I thought her and her family were being superstitious and chalking it up to him being possessed is more of a brush off than anything. The one thing I said that probably was not called for was, it's not like you saw his eyes roll into the back of his head and he started speaking in tongues. He was just drugged out. I really wasn't trying to challenge her belief system. I just wanted to make sure her uncle was getting the proper kind of help, but now she won't even speak to me. I don't think I'm the asshole here, but you tell me. I don't think he's the asshole. No, I don't think he's the asshole at all. I think, like we said, well, whether that first one airs or not, they said, the person that says that like 1% of... yeah. Things are actually, like, possessions. Yeah. And it sounds like... I don't know. Frederick the Fridge just decided to wake up. He just had a conversation to us. He had an opinion on that. Oof. No, I I think he's the asshole. I think he was trying to be respectful. Yeah. Like, what we talked about in the Father Morth episode is the first thing that the Catholic Church does is bring in psychologists. Which I really like that. think that that is, like, the yeah. responsible way to be. And so, again, with that, yeah, to automatically be like, oh, because we feel like we can't pray around him, he's possessed, like... Yeah. That's a lot on your own personal feelings. Agreed. And not to say that he wasn't, but to... I mean, clearly it's none of... I think it his was, business at the end of the day, I guess it's not his family, but well, it was responsible for him to say, maybe we need to think about mental illness. That was in person. And then rule that out. And then maybe we can talk. Yeah. About and possession. the fact that they're all in denial about that, that's on them. They can be dumb if they want. Yeah. That's my professional opinion. It's your professional opinion. Yeah. Um, all right. The title of this one is, I think I'm dealing with a poltergeist, but it's actually really friendly and hasn't hurt me. <laughs> So we got a friendly poltergeist, y'all. There are, I mean, sometimes they're terrifying, but I have seen things where they are somewhat friendly or they just kind of fuck with shit. So you just have to decide if you're okay with it or not. Yeah. It depends. I've also seen ones that throw knives, so. You you know, that that doesn't seem friendly to me, but that's my own personal opinion. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um... Okay, so I'm sure some of you will say that I'm what I'm saying is fake, but I promise you it's not. I've always been akin to the spirit realm. For example, when I play with a Ouija board, not a good idea, I know. The board always is unresponsive until I play. Like when others are playing, it doesn't reply or it responds in gibberish. My mom has asked me before if it wanted me to play and the planchet immediately went to yes. Did I pronounce that correctly? Planchet? Planchet, yeah, I think so. P-L-A-N-C-H-E-T-E. Yeah, I think that's okay. Right. 
as long as you don't it's know the, for sure. It's the movie. Yeah, that's what I assume, but I just was making sure. Anyways, I should probably talk about when it all started. I was about seven years old living at an old house. We caught an orb on camera. It wasn't a dust speck because it was moving irregularly. I would always hear things talking to me in a loud whisper. One of the only experiences that truly terrified me is as following. I would always have the radio on at night and a commercial came on. This so-called commercial was filled with people screaming and a deep droning voice saying things that I could not understand. It could have just been a for a horror movie, but I've never heard about it from anybody else. Another thing that I learned from my mom that had happened when I was at school, my toys would be moved from the upstairs in my room to the bottom of the stairs. I also remember my brother sleeping in my bed with me a lot of the time, but whenever I talk about it now, neither my mom or brother remember that happening. And I don't know if this counts, but when I walked past this one certain house, something inside of me was telling me never to look at it. I don't ever acknowledge the house. The house had a bunch of religious things on the porch, and I've always got an evil vibe from it. Another night, I was looking out the window underneath the streetlight, and I saw a little girl dressed in a white nightgown, and she looked up at me and disappeared. When we moved out of that house, we moved to a different town with my mom's boyfriend, and this is kind of when things took off for me in terms of spiritual encounters. I'd be laying in bed at night again, and I'd hear whisper yells. It was always happening each night, and one night, I was so scared I ran into my mom's room. I had to go into the basement, and all the while, the voices were talking to me louder and louder and got more aggressive. I didn't want to hear voices anymore, and I'm not schizophrenic. I would be laying in bed, and my bed would violently shake. And when I went to my brother's, because I was scared as a kid, his bed would start to shake too. Then the water faucet would drip, and I'd go to check it out, and it was dry in the sink. Another experience I had, we were watching a movie in the living room, and I saw something pass in front of the window. And I asked if they saw that, and none of them did. Then when we moved out, we moved to my grandpa's. It's a very old house, and the family had, it had been in our family since probably the 1800s, and there's a lot of history there. Probably a lot of spirits as well. I'd hear some crawling, something crawling up the vent, and I'd hear something or someone talk, walking around in the attic. This happened years after we first lived there, but it still happened at my grandpa's house. I had my door locked, and I heard Big Wheels toys roll up my door. We don't own a single Big Wheel toy. My door then opened and something crawled into bed with me. Another experience was when I got up to go to the bathroom and something was on the other side of the door preventing me from opening it. I've grown used to the paranormal, so I was just pushed as hard as I could and the door opened. Something slammed it shut again, but it didn't open again. And just the other day I was gaming and my door was open. I saw something white approach my door frame. I looked at it and it disappeared. My cats are in my room, so maybe that was what prevented it from coming in. All in all, I've had quite a few terrifying experiences with spirit. They always stop bugging me when I ask them to, and they always come back. None of my other family members experience this, and I've always been able to hear and see things that others can't. I was told by a priest, I had never met him, that I have an angelic glow around me. People immediately feel at ease around me, and oftentimes strangers will tell me what's bothering them in their life out of the blue. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I just know that I have a connection with the spiritual realm. I don't need help exercising the spirit. I have become fond of him. I've named him Peter as a child and his name stuck. I really just need to get this out to people who would believe me and listen to me. If you read this the entire way through, thank you for taking your time out of your life to listen. Any insights on what this is or why I have such a connection to spirit, uh, to the spirit world would be appreciated. Thank you so much. 
I think you're a medium. That's exactly it. I think he's a medium and has just experienced stuff and it might be... He needs to learn how to shut it off. Yep, shut it off and some things might be more vivid to him than Mm -hmm. other things. But yeah, Yeah. that sounds exactly... It sounds like he's a medium. Like I said before, uh, you know, you're a lighthouse. Yeah, they seek you out. Which also makes sense for people saying that he... Like people will come and... Because I have that problem too where people will just tell me shit about them and tell me they're... And I'm like, where... Like Shannon always makes fun of me because... Like, people just start telling me shit. I'm like, where the fuck... Why are they telling me this? Like, where does this come from? (laughs) That happens to me, like, if I run into the store and I take a while and I come back and Doug's like, what happened? I said, well, the person at the checkout... Oh, yeah. This happened to her and this happened to her. You tell me a whole life story. A whole life story. It's very interesting and I wonder what it is about, like, being a medium that makes people feel that comfortable telling you that. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'll I'll take it because I want people to feel comfortable around me. Thousand percent. It might annoy me sometimes. I was going to say, sometimes it's kind kind of annoying, but... But I still... I will put that aside if people get comfort in yeah. talking. I'm more like wanting to f- find out what the ghosties want to tell me now. I'm oh. not the living. I want to hear about the dead. Yes. Personally. Personally. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So there's that. All right. I like that one. Mm-hmm. This one is by Nawson. A true story of Nawson. 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 That's ain't the one. <laughs> It's called A True Story of Possession, and it's talking about, I guess it's a subreddit called No Sleep. Oh, God. Um, th- this was 10 years ago. Okay. Writer, writer says, subreddit No Sleep is an evil place. It's not the writers or readers, whether they be active or lurkers, but rather something much deeper and darker to which I am referring. Something demonic. I'll provide a warning right up front for those who are so inclined so they can leave now. This is a very true recounting of what I believe to be actual demonic possession. And I firmly believe that somehow reading this subreddit invited this hellish being into our midst. I'll start from the beginning. (laughs) God damn it, Megan. (laughs) Why do I keep picking these? It's really fast. We're calling in our guides. Protect us. We are not welcoming anything into our... Protect us in the white light. That nothing outside of the white light will be mm-hmm. able to come to us. Yeah, we're good. Okay. You good? Mm-hmm. I first discovered this subreddit late last year. Immediately, I was hooked. Like a junkie to the needle, I returned day after day to get more. I'd sort the content by top votes all the time and read everything I could in the time I had. One day and the next, I would narrow it down to the highest rated point post of that week, alternating between those methods, reading and rereading hundreds of stories. I even wrote a long synopsis of one of my favorite stories a month after it was posted because it took me that long to analyze it fully. Sometime after I began reading, my wife started complaining that she was feeling a bit off. I didn't think anything of it at the time beyond perhaps unseasonal illness, but after a week she began to lose weight, a lot of weight. As her condition worsened, we consulted a physician who told us she was anorexic, although we told him that she was indeed eating. A battery of screening and tests revealed no other conditions, but she still worsened. She became constantly fatigued. Any time she'd reclined beyond a 90-degree angle, she would fall asleep. The physician told us that she was not only anorexic, but narcoleptic as well. They put her on prescription stimulants and was scheduled for daily sessions with a psychologist. Things only went downhill from there. I'd wake up in the early hours of the morning while still dark out to find her on the floor in awkward contorted poses, usually staring directly at me. (laughs) I can see your look from my peripherals. Yeah! (laughs) 
Prior to this, my wife was not a flexible woman. She should not have been able to achieve positions like Bikram yoga instructor would strive for. More trips to the physician where they said she was also epileptic as well as anorexic and narcoleptic. Her midnight contortions <clears throat> actually a form of epileptic seizures. They prescribed more medication to control, control her seizures again. She got no better. In her session, she began to lash out at her therapists and doctors. Prior to these events, I never, and I mean never, heard her utter a swear word in her life, and we've been lifelong companions. However, during these sessions, she was like she had become another person. She didn't, then she was recommended to a psychiatrist, and I knew what that meant. They wanted to drug her, some kind of mood stabilizer or hormone capsules probably, and if she didn't show improvement or they deemed her a danger, they would take her away from me, put her in a mental health facility where she'd be given shock therapy treatment or worse. Uh, I'm not sure that's something that actually happens, but yeah. Yeah. Her and I hadn't had an honest conversation one-on-one -on -one about all of this, so I initiated it. It was then that I realized that this was indeed not my wife, not at all. Not all of, not all of the time at least. She had moments of lucidity where she would look at me with the same eyes I knew all my life, but they were fleeting, quickly replaced by the deadness, or for lack of a better word, that overcame her. She became more violent and during the outburst she began to speak in an octave below her usual voice and in different languages that she never knew before. I'd hear snickers from orderlies and nurses at her psych evaluation appointments about her not needing a shrink, but rather a priest or worse, a padded room in which to rot. Her doctors began to suspect that she was in fact schizophrenic and that this was an underlining cause of everything. So they put her on antipsychotic regimen, but it didn't stop anything. If nothing else, her symptoms only heightened. When we were alone, she would start in on her rantings and ravings, which I mostly ignored, but one day last week, she caught my attention by talking about themes from stories of subreddit No Sleep. She'd say things like, can I offer you an orange, or there's a nice church in the loop, or thank you for calling, I don't know what that word is. On one occasion, she asked me to be her pen pal. Even if she had just read these stories herself, there is no way she could know that they were my favorites. She'd still occasionally revert to the woman I loved, and when she did, she would cry and beg me to help her. She'd say she knew there was something controlling her, and she wasn't fully herself anymore. She begged me to have her exercise, pleaded for a priest, only to change her demeanor completely in the middle of her request to laugh at the idea of a priest being able to help, sarcastically taunting the idea, telling me that after she was, quote, through with her, I would be next, and then the priests and doctors and so on. Eventually, we reached a final straw. We had been sleeping in separate rooms ever since the threats began at her request during a moment of lucidity. I rarely slept well, as you can imagine, but on this particular, particular night, I actually did manage to drift off for a while. When I awoke, I was no longer in the room which I had fallen asleep, but rather in our bedroom. The entire room was freezing cold, and even, the rest of the house, even though the rest of the house was warm. And I was tied to the bed with belts, where my wife stood in the corner of the room staring at me. No. Nope. Oh. <laughs> No control. I feel like normally that'd be very exciting, but maybe not not this <laughs> not this one. No contorted pose or facial expression, just a blank stare. When she spoke again in another language, her mouth hardly moved, and she said something I couldn't decipher. But I remember sounding like something I can't say. It's just like gibberish. And she just repeated it over and over, moving a little closer and getting a little louder. At first, I thought for sure that she was going to kill me, maybe choke me to death or stab me or something, but she didn't. 
She got on the bed and sat leaning in so closely that I could see nothing but her eyes, but they were her eyes. They burned with hatred for me. Oh, but they weren't her eyes. They burned with hatred for me. Then she simply got up and left the room, leaving me tied to the bed, um, the room warning, warming almost immediately. She left me there like that for a long time. I dare not let myself fall asleep again, but I couldn't, but I don't think I could if I had wanted to for fear of what would happen if I did. I don't know how long I was tied up, but it had become light and then dark again before she finally re-entered the room. She fell to her knees and sobbed apologetically at what she had done before untying me. I could see in her eyes it was her again. We talked for a solid 20 minutes about the whole thing, and she told me that she could see what she was doing but have no control over it. We debated on whether or not to call her physician or a priest. Uh, duh! Uh, yeah. Uh, whether to have her put into a psychiatric facility where she'd get stronger medication and monitoring or in the presence of clergy where she'd get an exorcism. She wanted the latter. I wanted the former. She practically filibustered her stance until I finally agreed on the condition that, regardless of what happens, she seek further help within a facility because as much as I hated the idea of my wife being away from me, I hated the idea of her in prison for doing, nothing hor for doing something horrible to me or somebody else. So we set out to find an exorcist, and eventually we did through an old neighbor who attended a seminary school whilst living in a flat beneath us. He was a hobbled and crotchety old man with short gray stubble upon his head and face. He was blind in one eye and nearly paralyzed on one side due to a stroke. His name was Cyprus. We were told he only needed to get the name of the demon inside to banish it. So he set out to do his work. Oh, I thought they were talking about the neighbor. They were talking about the exorcist. The exorcism itself was not at all like what you see in the movies. No violent thrashing about, no crawling up the walls or floating over the beds. The words exchanged between the supposed demon inside my wife and Cyprus regarded the true nature of good and evil, God and the devil. Those words were often not pleasant, but hardly more unpleasant than any physiological argument at the pub over a pint or six. There were tense moments in which I was sure violence would erupt, but it never did. Toward the end, they began to speak that other language <clears throat> with the supposed demon, repeating the same phrase to Cyprus, which were repeatedly said to me a few nights before. Then, in her own voice and tongue, she said the name of the demon. I dare not say it here. Cyprus repeated the name, adding, In the name of Jesus Christ, I banish you back to hell. A few repeatings of that, along with some holy water being tossed about, and the whole thing was done. In the following days, my wife said that she could tell the presence was gone, but she lived up to her end of the bargain and checked in willingly to a psychiatric hospital. During her first day there, I met with Cyprus to pay him his fee. He looked absolutely dreadful in appearance, but said he had never felt better. He even showed me that he could walk around without his cane and use his entire left side again, just before collapsing on the ground in an apparent heart attack. The paramedic said he was dead before he hit the ground. The next day, I received word that the original physician was diagnosed who diagnosed my wife with anorexia, narcolepsy, epilepsy, and then schizophrenia, also died of an apparent heart attack. His colleagues and friends all said that he assured them he'd never felt better in his life despite his horrid appearance, and hours later, he was dead. Despite those unfortunate circumstances, today is a happy day. But for the first time in a long time, in fact, for today, my wife comes home. She has regained some weight, is sleeping through the night normally, and gets sore when she stretches just like old times. We are going to start a workout regimen together once we are back to our normal schedule because my wife tells me that I look like hell, even though I've never felt better in my life. <laughs> that was a good story. The fuck? A 
again, it's a story. Do people have wild imaginations or is that shit real? I am unsure. I loved that ending. I mean, I loved the I ending, loved but I also am Even like, though I never felt fuck. better in my life. He's a great storyteller. That was, that was a good one. Man, okay. So it's Can this like, be like our last demon thing for a long time? Yeah, we're done with demons for a while. Okay, but you. it seems like yours were actual, like actual, yeah. and these were put off as actual but encounters. They're not. But they're not. It seems like some great. This is some great Hollywood stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Cool. Which actually, honestly, makes me feel better. Oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'd rather have I love mine that. be the real ones and yours be that mm. last line, though. I know that was a good one. I look. My that wife tells me I look like hell, yeah. even though I've never felt better in my life. Dun dun dun! dun. You're gonna be dead. Mm-hmm. Hard deck. That was a good. I was good. It was good. All right. We have any more? Are we done? I have one more. One more. Let's go. I'll go. Um, because I think for sure we need to delete your first one. Yeah. They're just. There's too much. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, this is the last story, and this is from Mongo Scroogemir. Anyways, posted four months ago on Reddit. Again, this is for Poltergeist, guys. Um, So I just moved in to an original Victorian house, and the owners had modernized the interior but left the outside the way it was in the era, so it was quite quaint for such a large house. They were charging a surprisingly low rent for the place. Nothing so low that it tripped any red flags, but low enough that the, my wife and I were super thrilled to get it. Red flag, bro. Yeah. Too good to be true, man. Probably is. Um, so it's the first night and we've officially moved into the place. We had spent the last three days letting the movers bring up all of our crap and getting us unpacked where we wanted it. This is it. The first night we've stayed in the house itself. I'm tired as heck from moving the furniture around and we were, we had it where we wanted it in the living room. Wife is tired from unpacking and vacuuming the carpet after I had done my bit. Wife wakes me up at, are you serious o'clock in the middle of the night? And she shushes me and says, listen, I hear sounds of footsteps and shuffling furniture. I grab the flashlight, the 4D cell mag light. I don't know why that's relevant, but it's apparently a strong flashlight Mm -hmm. and head quietly downstairs. Nothing, no sounds, nothing out of place. And I shrugged and head back up to bed. A while later, I'm awakened once again by the wife. And again, I head downstairs towards the sounds of the furniture being moved. Again, nothing. This time I do a room search, opening all the closets in the rooms. Nothing. This happens once more. And I tell Alexa to make an announcement that said, play with the furniture all you want. But you goddamn better be back where I left it or there'll be hell to pay. (laughs) Seriously. Duly all the echo dots in the room piped up and played the words to the whole house. Sounds more shuffling. All falls silent. Quiet for the rest of the night. That's right, motherfuckers. Uh Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with the uh, Amazon and Alexa, man. (laughs) Next morning, everything was back in its place and the carpet had, uh, but the carpet had been disturbed. There were drag marks where the furniture had been dragged. So what? You might be thinking. You just moved in. There are drag marks from the furniture. That explains it. Until that morning, I'd agree with you. But remember this bit? Wife was tired from unpacking and vacuuming the carpet. After I've done my bit. Yes, the last thing she did before going to bed was vacuum the carpet, which eliminated any and all drag marks. We got used to whatever was in our house was sort of a house ghost and we named him the old man. So since we smelled the old Lucifer matches cigars, that's, that's what yeah, Lucifer cigar, matches yeah. were called cigars. Okay. Neither of us smoked and the owners didn't either. 
And oftentimes we'd hear something like walking up and down the stairs in the middle of the night. Kind of convinced me that there's something out there. I like that one. Yeah, that was a good one. Like nothing horrible, but like Mm -hmm. also, I do love that he went to Alexa and was like, yo, stop it. Listen up, motherfuckers. I mean, I say shit out loud all the time. If I feel like something's around. Stop it. I've had... Twice in the last week where I something has been on my stairs. It's always on your stairs. And I've even heard it on the stairs. I know. That's the thing. is like, I know that you... Mm-hmm. And that was where Tex started, like, mm-hmm. second-guessing his not believing in this kind of stuff. is because we would always hear things on the stairs. Like, I heard something barreling down the stairs, and so I went after it thinking it was the dog, and the dog was just laying down uh-huh. in the living room. I texted you yesterday, I think. Yeah. Oh, didn't I? And I was... Janice and I were up in my room, and she was on the other side of the bed, and I heard, like, it sounded like, again, someone's barreling down the yeah. stairs or up the stairs. It honestly sounded like something was coming up the stairs, like, running up the mm-hmm. stairs. And I, like, sat up and jumped out of bed to be, like, because I, I don't know, I was, like, what the fuck's going on? I thought she was chasing a cat, mm-hmm. like, because she chases cats a lot. And jumped up and, like, ran to the door to, like, look. And then she got up behind me and started running with me. And I was, like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And there was literally, and my door was open, so I would have seen if a cat had, like, yeah. run in also. It was just too loud to be a cat. This yeah. was not, it was just not a cat running, and I was like, mm-mm. Oof. Oof. There's someone who's hanging out and wants to be loud. I don't know. It's rude. It's offensive. Knock it the fuck off. Maybe I need to tell Alexa to play it throughout my whole house. Like, stop go. fucking with me, you stop know? Stop it. Anyways. Be quiet. Well, that's all we got today for the uh, Wild Weird Unknown. If you have a story that you would like to <laughs> read a space... Guys, I'm unwell. No more demons. No more demons. No more demons, guys. We're done with the demons for a while. I can't handle it. If you have a story um, that you would like us to read on Wild, Weird, and Unknown, you could email it to us at lunaticsuitpodcast at gmail.com. Or send us a DM on any of our socials at lunaticsuitpodcast on all of the things. Go check out our TikTok. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. And uh, get yourself some lunatic soup because it is officially cider month. Yes, it is. So no better time than to enjoy some lunatic soup. Yep. And uh, you guys have a great week and we will see you. We'll talk to you in a few days. Exactly. (laughs) Bye. Bye.